Kia ora, Ferg here. Welcome to Season 4 of the Head Shepherd Podcast. Head Shepherd is brought to you by the team at Next Gen Agri. Both Next Gen Agri and the Head Shepherd Podcast are focused on the business of livestock farming. My passion is livestock genetics, but I'm pretty keen on all aspects of livestock farming, and that is reflected by the great guests that we've had on so far and will have this season. Many thanks to all of you for listening. I really do love playing a small part in your weekly routine. A massive thanks to Allflex, who are again sponsoring this season. From tags to TSUs to sensors, Allflex have a great range of products that are always evolving with the farmer in mind, and the service is second to none. Welcome back to the Head Shepherd Podcast. You're with Ferg. Before we get underway with this week's episode, just want to, uh, I guess, announce a few things. First thing, we're hiring. Pretty exciting times. We're looking for a talented person to join our team. Uh, we're hoping they'll be based in southern New South Wales, somewhere near Wagga Wagga or in Wagga Wagga would be perfect, uh, but that's flexible. Get in touch with myself or the team uh, to if you're interested or if you know someone that is, we'd love to hear from you. Second thing we want to announce is uh, as part of our producer demonstration site, PDS, with Meat and Livestock Australia, which is called Genetics of Reproduction and Lamb Survival. We're running a, a hosting a, a short short series course, uh, three one-hour sessions, all about breeding for more lambs. I'm going to be joined by Dr. Gus Rose, uh, who's manager of Sheep Genetics, and uh, and yeah, three sessions to talk through the new breeding values around reproduction that have just been released as proper breeding values and, and other, other ways that are important to when you're considering this year's ram buying season uh, in Australia, making sure you're buying genetics that will produce more lambs into the future if that's part of your breeding objective. Uh, www.nextgenagri.com slash events to, to check that out and to register from there. We've already got well over 50 people registered, pretty exciting. So that starts on the 28th of July and goes for two following Wednesdays after that. So yeah, look forward to hopefully seeing you there. Finally, we've just launched our our Towards uh, Fly Free course. It's a five-part course. In the middle of that course, we're going to have a live workshop at Wallaloo Park in Victoria, um, which will be open to the public as well. But we'll live stream that to those uh, who are signed up to the course, and we'll have two two sessions either side of that. So really focusing on those people that are moving away from mulesing or are interested in doing so, the genetics and management, all the requirements required to do that uh, are going to be part of that five-week course and, and get to interact with, like all of our courses, get to interact with all of those people that uh, that are doing uh, are thinking the same way and, and learn from them as well. We are also on the lookout for a, an innovative farmer in southern New South Wales, and Riverina in there somewhere, that's pretty handy at, at their lamp survival and have the management strategies in place to to really do a good job there. If you if you know somebody that that might fit that bill, uh, there's a bit of an opportunity coming up to for them to to be involved in some mentoring of other farmers and uh, and yeah, it's a really exciting project that's about to be launched. Uh, and yeah, we'd love to. We're looking for a farm that's that can be a bit of a centerpiece for a project there. So uh, if that's you or if you know somebody, please get in touch. Righto, that's it for all the announcements. We'll get underway with this week's podcast. Fantastic to be hosting Sophie McDonald and Lucy McDonald, two sisters who, along with their other sister Sky, brother Henry and fa- mother and father in Susan and Willie, uh, farm at Middlehurst Station and Sophie and Lucy are particularly focused on Middlehead, Middlehurst Delivered, which is their 
their branding, meat branding straight into into consumers' homes in, in New Zealand. So, yeah, looking forward to having a chat with those guys. Welcome, ladies. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, it's our pleasure to be on here. Awesome. Uh, spent many a good times up at Middlehurst. It's a pretty stunning part of, of New Zealand. Maybe uh, let's just start off by explaining to listeners where exactly that is in the world. The middle of nowhere? No, um, it's <laughs> up the head of the Aotearoa Valley in Marlborough. Um, so kind of between Hamner Springs and Blenheim, near Molesworth Station there, yeah. So it's just sort of a couple of hours drive on a fairly windy gravel track, either whichever way you, you look at it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a beautiful drive if it's the first time you're doing it, but if you have to do it more than once, it's a little punishing. No, it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, it is a nice windy gravel road with lots of gates coming through Molesworth <laughs> on your own, yeah. which I'm sure you would have done a few times now. I try to avoid the doing it on your own. Always have a gate opener. Someone, someone to man the esky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so you and the family have farmed up at Middlehurst for, I think, over 20 years. Can you tell us a bit about the history, I guess, of the family and, and the operation up there at, at Middlehurst? Yeah, so there is six of us in our family, four kids and mum and dad, and we moved to Middlehurst in 1998 from Queenstown. Mum and dad were managing a farm down at Lake Wakatip there, and they moved, made the big move in 1998 since they've since we've been there for 20 years, there's been, they've done a lot of development, not only with the land, they've put in a new irrigation scheme. They've developed a lot of the buildings, a lot of new buildings. There's a new wool shed and they've just recently done the lodge there as well. But as well as that, they've been taking care of the environment whilst doing the development. They've put in, they've fenced off wetlands and they've fenced off a QE2 covenant with lots of native Totoro in it. As well as that, all of that development, they've um, done a lot with their flock of merinos, which they love. They have they created the stud in 2000, and they've developed and grown that with the help of um, amazing technology and the help of you guys at NextGen. They've... Um, created a highly, what they call a highly productive merino, which is a plain-bodied, dual-purpose animal that will thrive in New Zealand conditions. It has, they produce a good fleece of wool, which is um, good for any contracts, especially in the merino ones. And it's an early maturing um, carcass, which is really good for what we do at Middlehurst Delivered. Awesome, yeah, so the... Yeah, very much Merino country up there and, uh, yeah, as you say, very passionate, both Willie and Sue, on their, on their Merinos and, and really have developed a pretty unique genotype. Um, and, yeah, I guess if we did focus on them for a little while, the sort of shearing twice a year, long stapled and and obviously turning off a, a high-growth animal that can get down and be, become part of Middlehurst Delivered. Yeah, they... Um yeah, sharing twice a year has, I think, played a pretty crucial part in um, where they're heading as well because they supply mostly to Sheep Inc., which is a fashion brand that we really look up to now as it's carbon positive, which is really cool and the way that the whole farming industry is going to move forward, I think. What they're doing in that space 
um, with Sheep Inc. <clears throat> and I think as a family, um, our aim is to establish a sustainable, productive family business that we can kind of all be part of. And that's where kind of the di- diversification comes from. So while Lucy and I don't have kind of a hands-on um, part of the farming, then we're really heavily involved in the middle who's delivered. So the bringing the meat to the consumers, kind of that part um, is where we come into it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, everyone playing different parts of the, of the business, which is, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and I guess we should just talk about the lodge quickly and that, that beautiful spot up there. So um, that is now open. They opened that a couple of years ago. It was kind of um, after the earthquake, the Shearer's quarters um, needed to be um, demolished and rebuilt. Um, so with that, they took the opportunity to make something that could have multiple purposes um, and created this pretty amazing space that's perfect for... Um, accommodating large groups so like sharing gangs and people that are coming to do farm stuff but then also the tourism side because there's some pretty um amazing things to be able to come and see and do if you're wanting to visit the high country um in marlborough cool and we'll put the links in the notes of this web uh, of this podcast to to check it out even if you don't want to go there check it out it's stunning to it's great to have a look at um we better get on to, to Middlehurst Delivered, which is, well, I'll let you explain what it is, but it's about, I guess, just over six months old now, launched before Christmas 2020. Um, I guess, what were the drivers that they got you thinking about the idea? What is it? Um, who, what's Tell us all about Middlehurst Delivered. Um, so Middlehurst Delivered is taking our merino lamb product from our farm direct to consumers. So we wanted to make um, 100% merino lamb available for consumers to purchase so that they knew a what breed of sheep that they were eating or like um and where it was coming from so they could really feel connected to that process um we also wanted to kind of with the product we wanted to ensure that people knew that it was being farmed in a positive way that it was traceable that they were going to get that consistency of quality um, when it came to that taste and texture and eating experience as well. Both living off farm, we found when we went to the supermarket and brought lamb that sometimes you'd have a really awesome experience and sometimes it wouldn't be so great. And there's a lot of um, unknown when buying lamb in New Zealand, which was something that we really wanted to build on. As Sophie was saying, we wanted to have that traceability. And we wanted to encourage consumers to eat um, consciously and eat quality over quantity. So maybe having less of it, but making sure that it's really high quality. And um, we also, because we were starting off, we were really small and we weren't sure um, how it was going to turn out. We, so we decided to do a half box and a whole box, which we've now grown on as um, demand has changed. But the idea behind that was to use be able to use the whole carcass and none go to waste. So we're do, doing the whole head to tail and we're getting some variety varieties of cuts. So we're doing really modern and innovative cuts, which are different. And some people are like, oh, what do you do with this? But as soon as they get the box and they get the product and then they see a few recipes on the website, they're like, oh, that was so fun and cool trying something different. Whereas people would just think it's a lesser cut usually. 
And with our cuts, we tried to make them, um, so there's definitely some larger cuts, like the oyster shoulder and the bone and roast and butterflied shoulder, like the bigger ones for kind of special occasions when you've got people coming over or you want to have like a nice, you know, more formal meal or something a little bit larger. But the remainder of the cuts are kind of in that two to 500 gram weight. So perfect for a family um, of two to four, even a few more if you wanted, kind of midweek, nice, really quick cooking. Um, I mean, the rump or top side, you can brown it and pop it in the oven on a tray of roast, with a tray of roast veggies and kind of have a mini roast um, ready in 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah, no, stunning. And um, yeah, as I've been lucky enough to do a bit of taste testing and uh, uh, A, it's, it is a, a fantastic product, but what I really enjoyed was yeah it was the way that you were innovative in the in the cuts that that we got um obviously live in town and as a family and, and yeah the days of roasting a leg and eating cold meat for three or four days are, are sort of probably come and gone a bit uh, and yeah but by breaking that leg down breaking the bigger cuts down it's um yeah it's a really really great way to to enjoy lamb and it means yeah you can do it do it quickly and um yeah, I'm not sure about sharing it with too many people. Those those three or four hundred grams it seems to do me just fine. But the um, but it's a yeah fantastic product. Excellent. So just talk us through the production system from I guess from the product or the lambs born at Middlehurst through to my barbecue or my pan. So they start by being born up at Middlehurst Station in October November in the um, high country, which out the altitude can range from five hundred metres to 2,000. Then in the summer when it's starting to dry off up at Middlehurst, uh, they uh, weaned from their mothers and then they head down to Cheviot where there's not lot where there's lots of luscious grass there waiting for them. From then they are, uh, oh, then they're shorn. They have one shearing and then the Henry will handpick them for us to go down to the abattoir at Harris Meats, which is just, a couple of days down the road, so it's a very low stress process. Um, Harris Meats is a local abattoir in Cheviot, so they do all the processing and packaging for us. Once they're all packaged up, we've got a certified chiller in Cheviot, which they head back to in their um, package form, and then we get the orders online, and then we go up and pack the boxes, and they go on the overnight courier to your door. Excellent. Yeah, so it's uh, I guess one of the beautiful things about the system is that it's, um, yeah, that it, the finishing property is so close to, so close to the abattoir, so that that uh, that's a really low stress, very short time from from paddock to plate, which aids the whole process from quality through to the animal welfare, which is which is fantastic. I guess the other thing that was pretty when I got my first box and opened it up. Um, what, the first thing that was very obvious was the, the care you've taken with the packaging. you want to just talk us through the various things you've thought about there? Yeah, so with the packaging, um, firstly, we needed something that was obviously going to – we wanted to present the meat in a way that um, was – we wanted it to be an experience when you open the box um, because you're getting a, an amount of meat and then opening it up. And we just wanted that to be kind of special and – kind of have nice feels to it instead of just being a whole lot of, whole lot of meat. Oh, so, we, yeah, we have quite a lot of um, 
a thought into that. We needed something that was going to stay, that was going to keep the product um, really nice and chilled for the duration of its travel. So we use um, the overnight courier and then we use a cardboard box that's lined with the wool cool product. And so both the wool cool and the um, cardboard box can be recycled or reused. We kind of like to hope that people will be able to reuse it. Um, and the wool cool is awesome for like popping in your compost bin or you can pop it around plants and use it as weed matting and it's got so many different uses. So um, we love that product. And Just then, explain that product a little bit. The It's a sort of felted wool in a, in a biodegradable plastic sort of setup. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Um, and it just really helps to insulate the box to keep the cool. And obviously the product needs to be cooled first. Um, and then we need, we um, add ice packs as well just to help with that process. Um, but it works, it works really well um, and at keeping everything nice and cool. Um, and then the boneless cuts are currently in home compostable packaging, um, which is great. That can just go on your home compost system um, and break down. But as we've learnt along the process, that does have some downsides as well. Um, and that's kind of what we're working through at the moment. Um, just because not everybody has a home compost system, um, whether it be because they don't want to or they don't have the space or the time. Um, and then we're kind of just tossing up whether that's worse than the packaging, which is um, does add huge expense to our product as well, whether and if it just ends up in landfill anyway. Um, so would we be better to have a product that could just go into curb, a packaging product that could just go into curbside recycling? Um, these are kind of the questions that we're tossing up and researching <laughs> at the moment. Um, oh, yeah, but we cool. obviously want to have um, a solution that's environmentally friendly. Um, and it's just finding that right balance that suits the widest range of um, of people. But, yeah, finding different packaging solutions for something that needs to be vacuum-packed um, is, not, is not super easy. No, <laughs> so we're I guess, working on that. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, you won't be the only people looking at that. That's the... The beauty of the world we live in these days at least there are some options or potential options that sort of yeah absolutely are evolving all the time yeah absolutely that um and they keep changing and even in the time that we've been operating like there's different things out there now that wasn't available so yeah we'll just keep um keep reflecting on that and working through trying to find um the best yeah solution that um works for the product and for our consumers as well because we want it to be something that they can feel good about using um yeah but can actually do that final stage to make sure it ends up in the right place yeah um before we get into talking about those customers and what they're telling you it's probably worth just talking about some of the genetics that that have gone into the into the product the I don't know how many people are aware, but merino sheep actually have a higher intramuscular fat content than than your standard crossbred in New Zealand, and actually that could be um, from a the age that you're processing them at. It could be two or three percent higher IMF, which could be double what you would your standard New Zealand lamb would be. That's um, 
that's uh, processed at sort of 15, 16 weeks, which say yours at an older age group plus having the genetics of a higher marbling, um, almost guarantees a great eating experience. And also we've probably been a little bit fortunate in the one of the main size that we used back in the day is actually had one of the one of the world leading IMF size. Um, so, so yeah, pretty much fortified great eating experience in the, in the, in the product, which is, which is pretty cool. We now have genetics that we can, yeah, we can up the intramuscular fat, which is the bit that we like when we're eating lambs. Um, so, so yeah, we're, that's what tastes so good. Um, and it's obviously coming from a great place and a, and a really good production system. So it's got, got everything going for it. So have the, what have the customers been saying? Yeah, I just wanted to add, and that's um, a really great point that you bring in about the genetics, and we wouldn't have the product that we've got without um, the support, and especially that mum and dad have received from NextGen and yourself and the team. So, yeah, thanks for that. No, very good. So the, where we've we got product going to just Christchurch, or we're up in other cities as well? Or? Um, so we, we do nationwide deliveries, our only... Um, Restriction is that it does have to be to an urban address, so we can't do deliveries to non-urban or rural, and that's just because our current career partner can't guarantee um, that overnight delivery. But if people are wanting it to a rural address, usually we just work with them to find either a friend that lives in town and then we kind of work it out so when they're going into town they can pick it up and have it arrive on the right day or... Um, maybe to a workplace or a business or something like that. So generally we find that there's a um, solution, but, yeah, nationwide. Yeah, yeah, cool. And we've got happy happy customers? Um, yeah, we've had lots of great feedback. It's all pretty cool when we get um, an email or feedback on the website of people being like, oh, yeah, we loved it. Makes us do a wee happy dance, which is good. <laughs> They love the um, the different cuts and the variety and how quick it arrives. So sometimes we can they place an order and we can get it out to them that day so they get it the next day, which is really cool. We love being able to do that. It's one of our goals is to yeah. see how quick we can get it out the door. <laughs> um, we, they, lots of people comment on the presentation, which is awesome to us because that's the whole point of why we do and in the wall call in the box because we want them to have that, feel that connection and have that experience. They think it's tender and consistently good with the taste and the tenderness, which is also pretty yeah, that, good feedback. That means so much to us because we that's what we kind of wanted to make sure that we could do was deliver on that consistency. Um, yeah, so which, they're always getting that great experience, which they can't always go market <laughs> when you don't know where your product's coming from or whatever um so yeah being small and kind of being a startup getting that feedback um it's what keeps you going it's amazing like people don't realize how even one line feedback can like turn your day yeah 100 yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. so i guess what are the aspirations where are we where would we ultimately take the product and, and take the take the startup. So we would just love to see it on um, more dinner tables uh, around the country. Um, and we're just starting to look into the food service industry, so supplying to restaurants, um, 
there's some amazing chefs and restaurants in New Zealand. Like we're so lucky with the quality of food and the local produce here. Um, so for us to be able to be a part of that um, will be amazing. We've got a few um, in the pipeline that we're super excited to be working with. So just further kind of growing on that will be our kind of next next mission. We're super proud of the product that we've got and what it stands for. And now it's just getting it in front of the right people. And we we also are trying to change people's perception. Like we'll yeah. meet some people and they'll be like, oh, it's a bit lamby, like, you know, that lamby lamb taste and they don't like that. And we're like, okay, we'll try this. <laughs> and then um, we love hearing the feedback. They're like, oh, it's so good compared to what we've had, which is really cool. And so we'll keep working on changing that perception around lamb and how it's farmed and why it's farmed. And especially with Merino, um, uh, a few yeah. of them are like, oh, Merino, like that old mountains. Yeah. yeah the, <laughs> Hard the, life. <laughs> not going to taste good. Well, I know, no, try it. You'll, you'll be surprised. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, that's kind of fun. <laughs> Getting, yeah, that change, is the fun part. Changing, changing perceptions. Yeah, well, you certainly um, make me feel hungry every time I open Instagram and you've got a recipe or something on there and it's um, some beautiful product and there's yeah, some real innovation in, in the kind of things that that you're presenting, the way that lamb can be can be consumed, which is fantastic and that's what that's what will change those perceptions and introduce a new new people to, the, to a great product. Yeah, kind of taking lamb to where it hasn't... Um, hasn't been before um and we just kind of want to keep further improving on our packaging and um the environment yeah keep working together with the environment so we can and it's the same with like the environmental side of things at Middlehurst like that's going to be ever evolving and just kind of continuing to raise that um bar and just doing better yeah fantastic the uh so where do people where do people find you we'll put the links in the show notes but just in terms of social media and and website and stuff where where do, where do people go cool so we um do direct sales online middlehurstdelivered.co.nz and then we're on facebook just at middlehurst delivered and the same instagram at middlehurst delivered um and we love it when people share their recipes and creations um and tag us online it's it's really cool to see what people are doing with the product Cool. Sophie, Lucy, thanks very much for your time. Fantastic to, to see that product hitting more people's uh, ovens and barbecues and uh, yeah, look forward to catching up at that beautiful place, Middlehurst, sometime soon. Thank cool. you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode. I really hope you've enjoyed it. Head Shepherd is produced by the talented Sophie Barnes. Thanks again to Allflex for their ongoing support and their sponsorship of Season 4. The team at Allflex couldn't be more helpful and we really enjoy our long-term association with them. 